Good Morning Nancy is a horror movie podcast, and it may not be for all audiences. This episode contains discussions on suicide, eating disorders, and depression. Listener discretion is advised. Good morning, Nancy. My name is Gracie. And I'm Abby. And it's time for a coffee break. Hey guys, it's been a while since we've had a mini episode, hasn't it? Oh my god, it's been a hot minute. (laughs) We had a really busy October. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, it was nothing like our October last year. (laughs) (laughs) Where we went to a convention, we did uh, the Freddy Fest. Mm -hmm. It was pretty different. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I think so, I worked on Halloween and I was really sad about it. But yeah, it, it was it was a tough time for everybody this yeah. year. But next year, we'll make it up to you guys. We'll yes. do something different. <laughs> but you know what? We had a lot more Patreon stuff this year. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. If there were pa- a ton of movies that came out yes. this October and we were like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> so if you were a patron, you got a lot of great content. And if you weren't, I'm sorry. But yeah. We'll do more stuff next year. Yes. So guys, if you're new to the show, Coffee Breaks are our version of mini episodes. And it's when Abby and I talk about whatever the heck we want that's horror related. Everyone, gather around the coffee pot and let's start this coffee break. This week, we'll be discussing mental illness in horror films. Pretty heavy subject. Mm -hmm. So I found this article, and it's an opinion piece from The Guardian, and it's called, quote, I'm all for Halloween horror, but don't make people with mental illness into monsters, unquote. Oh. Yeah, and it's by writer and artist Sarah Gannett, or Gannet. Oh. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce her last name. Hmm. Her article is in the show notes for any of you who would like to read it. And I was really interested in this opinion piece because it's been something that I've been thinking about for a while, especially since rewatching Psycho and Stonehurst Asylum this past Halloween. What did you think about it, Abby? I think that Gonnet's or Gonnet's article really hits the nail on the head with this trope because horror needs to do better. Mm-hmm. Really, I think the world is more dangerous outside the walls of mental institutions in many cases. And now I'm speaking as someone who has never spent time in a mental institution or been hospitalized for mental illness, but I've had loved ones spend time in rehabilitation for eating disorders, clinical depression, etc. And to me, these are places of healing. The real horror happens out in the world where cruelty is an everyday occurrence for those struggling. Mm -hmm. So I feel like filmmakers have it backwards in these scenarios. Right. Yeah. And I'm wondering if this whole idea of mental institutions, uh, this this like deep like uh, lack of understanding comes from Bedlam. Right. Mm -hmm. Where uh, people would pay to go and see people with uh, 
mental illness (laughs) and treat them like they were sideshow characters uh, and they would pay to go in and they would pay to go see I think this was as early as the 1500s they would pay to go in and and watch people (laughs) just be ill and I wonder if that is so ingrained in our system that this is like entertainment and like a spooky thing to do mm-hmm. that uh, it's sort of as over hundreds and hundreds of years, it's still something that people without mental illness are doing, but yeah. through movies this time. Right. Well, I think it's kind of interesting too that they would use that as a threat to people like oh if you're bad we're gonna send you to the mental institution right so people were terrified of going there because they knew how awful or like seemingly awful it was and I'm not saying that like it wasn't horrible because conditions yes they were mistreated yeah they were terrible um and that's obviously changed a lot over the years but it's strange that even though all of these changes have taken place to take better care of the patients that that stigma is still there mm-hmm. because nobody maybe nobody wants to take the time to really show that right. in films that like it's not a bad thing and it's not a scary place and it's healthy or like you're a bad person for right. going like if you have to go to a mental institution, it means that you're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> or you're evil or you're a criminal. Like a serial killer or something. Right. <laughs> and coming from me, like I suffer from depression and I've never had to go to an institution, but I, I it can be embarrassing to have to admit at first that you suffer from an illness mm-hmm. that is hidden. So it's like the fact that maybe some people would have to go to an institution can be traumatizing Mm -hmm. and it's not normalized which is unfortunate right so yeah so another article that we looked at was holly peak's article in psychology today which is titled why is mental illness scary and i love how she mentions the start of this whole mess began with the cabinet of dr caligari such a good film mm-hmm. everyone should see it and i won't spoil the ending of this 100 year old film <laughs> <laughs> even though i probably should you should have seen it by now well. um but this really was the beginning of mental illness and horror and peaks goes even further back and dives deep down to the roots of humans fears of mental illness Well, I think because of old lore and superstition, people with schizophrenia, borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder, and the like have been lumped into the category of demonic possession, which quite literally demonizes people because of the lack of knowledge of psychology, like the common knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's easy to pin afflicted people to the wall and label them as bad guys, like as villains who try to hurt others. So we don't validate mental illness because the quote unquote illness becomes an entirely different entity altogether and it's only curable by death or exorcism so any way you look at it the character or victim is doomed and I think it's ignorant character development right and I think the exorcist I just thought of this the exorcist does a pretty good job at at trying to separate that though yeah because I mean there's still people who feel like Reagan is the bad guy in this but it's really it's Pazuzu Mm-hmm. she's not to blame for anything that's happening it's yeah. Pazuzu and like Norman Bates is the villain in Psycho but is he 
or is his mental illness the villain? Yeah. Right? And then, because, like, ha- have you ever seen Psycho 2? Uh, no, actually. That's okay. Psycho 2, it's not as good as the first one. But, <laughs> so Psycho 2 does a great job at taking the villainy out of Norman Bates mm-hmm. and showing that his mental illness was really what was hurting everybody, not him as a person because he actually goes to an institution for like what like 30 years 20 years or something Mm -hmm. and comes back and he's able to live a normal life Mm -hmm. and it's not until other people um it's uh marion crane's sister lila and her daughter uh they're abused they abuse him because they're mad that he killed or that mother killed marion crane and so like they they try to like uh like pin like murders on him and abuse him and stuff it's nuts whoa and he's the good guy in this film Holy he's crap. not a bad guy yeah and so he's the he's actually the victim in psycho 2 and it's pretty it's pretty it's a pretty amazing film and so like the babadook is amelia's grief and depression like she is the hero she's trying to defeat it and she's trying to keep it under control and the babadook is like the villain i guess in it yeah dang you know what though i was just thinking too when you were talking about psycho and psycho 2 the modern um netflix show bates motel that's based on psycho Mm -hmm. they do a really good job of showing that in norman like how he progressively gets worse because of his mother and because of all of like the circumstances so it's kind of that like nature and nurture thing that we talk about a lot in psychology i mean i would consider her the the villain in bates motel because she doesn't try to help him she's afraid that there's something wrong with him so she keeps him out of institutions and stuff right and and it's kind of a symbol of that like older gen not saying that all older people or older generations have the same mindset but it's like showing the effects of that on us the younger generation and how we're kind of like trying to take steps forward Mm -hmm. and kind of normalize getting help and going to rehab and that kind of stuff so right and I I think what psycho misses is what the Babadook helps yes exactly (sighs) It's hard because it does villainize her at one point when she's overcome by it and yeah. her son is afraid of her, but she wants it to go away. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that shows for those of us who have a mental illness that needs to be treated. Like one of the hardest things I had to do was to tell my doctor that I was suicidal mm-hmm. and it was like the most embarrassing and hardest thing I had to do. But once I did it and I got the treatment that I needed, it was just what I needed and now I'm happy and that was the same thing with uh, Amelia whereas like she had to admit that it was there and now she feeds it right in the basement yeah yeah. and and she's taking care of it and she's making sure that it stays there Mm -hmm. but she knows that it's there and she's aware of it but she knows that it's the villain I think that it's also great too with that film that it shows that it's not always from birth to death a part Mm -hmm. of who you are it can be triggered by something so it doesn't have to be a complete part of your personality or define who you are as a person right so yeah I mean the more you kind of face it head on the easier it is to to talk about and normalize it so 
Right. And I think that one of the biggest things is the loneliness that comes with mental illness. Mm -hmm. And once you kind of find the people who have gone through the same thing you have, people who also have a Babadook in the basement Mm -hmm. or a mother in the basement, (laughs) um, (laughs) it's a... it's comforting to know that you're not alone. Yeah. And I wonder it, when you want to argue that horror movies, you know, kind of are a healing thing. It, that is one way to see that you're not alone is through these horror films and these people who are battling, you know, the thing that's in the basement. Yeah. So to kind of bring it back around, though, yeah, I think that horror fails us as far as mental health because it doesn't really give feasible solutions. So Mm -hmm. it succeeds by showing us what can happen if mental health goes untreated or ignored, but it's kind of a toss up and more often than not, it plays to the fear of the audience. And unfortunately, there's still a lot of ignorance out there when it comes to mental health and that's why it terrifies people. Yeah, I I can see that for sure. Well, Abby, it looks like I'm out of coffee. Oh, dang. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's time to get back to work. You guys, thank you so much for joining us for this mini episode. Next week, we'll be back with another full-length episode about one of our favorite horror movies. Until then, check out patreon.com slash goodmorningnancy for some sweet extra content. And you can start your holiday shopping at goodmorningnancy.com slash merch. Yeah, and don't forget to follow us on social media. Facebook at goodmorningnancy, Twitter at goodmorningnan, and Instagram at goodmorningnancypodcast. We're also on Tumblr at Good Morning Nancy. Also, tell a friend and spread the word about our show. We love you all to death. Have a great morning. Bye. <laughs>